what I found through the hundreds of people who have had goals and then graduated is that no two people's goals are the same. And if I were to teach in a in a binary way, it would be assuming that I'm pigeonholing individuals into a stereotypical cultural expectation of what a quote femme or mask voice should sound like instead of actually empowering people to tap into their individual identity and express and communicate that through their voice. Have you ever had the experience where you open your mouth to speak and then the voice that comes out to you is barely recognizable? Maybe it's because you have a cold or COVID, and your vocal range has become shockingly low and your voice is scratchy and you sound like you have been a lifelong smoker, or you could make some decent money as a phone adult entertainer. Or have you ever just heard yourself on a recording and thought, whoa, is that what I sound like? I have this experience every time I hear the podcast. There are people I know and love who cannot even listen to the podcast because they think I sound weird. Our voices matter. They're part of our identity, and whether or not we intend them to, they send information about us to people who hear us speak. You're listening to Camp Wildheart, your guide for raising a transgender child and nurturing an affirming family. I'm your host slash head counselor, Mackenzie Dunham. These experiences aren't exactly the same as the gender dysphoria that many trans kids experience in their lives, but they're as close as I can think of to helping you connect to the feeling of vocal gender dysphoria. I've known kids who have completely stopped talking because of their voice. I've also known kids, primarily trans girls, who simply won't talk in public places or in school. They'll ditch choir or theater, things that they used to love, all to avoid having to hear their own voice. Many kids feel that their voice is a huge giveaway of their transness, which isn't a big deal if you don't care about being trans, but many kids do care about being trans or being seen as trans. They care because of their own internalized transphobia, but also because they know that people will treat them differently based on their perception of their gender identity. So what do we do about it? How do we help a girl whose voice has dropped or a boy who's the only one of his friends whose voice hasn't changed at all? The answer, vocal coaching. Vocal coaching comes in different forms and is sometimes covered by insurance, sometimes not. Even when it's not covered by insurance initially, you still have the chance to get it covered by insurance if you're willing to go to bat and get the help of your medical professionals to document and fight for the medical necessity of the service. Vocal coaching isn't a quick fix. It takes diligence, time, practice, more practice, and then more practice to transition a voice. The traditional medical model of weekly visits with a speech language pathologist can take up to three years to complete the transition. So thank goodness there's more than one model to transition a voice. Today's campfire guest is Nicole Gress. Nicole is white and uses she, they pronouns. They are the queer, trans founder and CEO of Undead Voice. Undead Voice is an online platform empowering and educating trans, non-binary and gender diverse folks to create a voice that aligns with their gender identity. Undead Voice's mission is to increase access to trans healthcare by making voice transition resources affordable, accessible, and affirming. Nicole's model for vocal transition is innovative and creative and does my favorite thing, creates community for those who participate. Let's just start with like what you do as your job. Sure. My title, like my... <laughs> Certification, I'm a speech language pathologist. 
And my specialty is in gender affirming voice work. So I am a speech pathologist and a trans voice coach. And what I do is I help trans, non-binary, or gender diverse individuals find a voice that aligns with their identity. Wonderful. You developed a completely different model for doing this work than what it normally looks like. Can you first explain what does it normally look like when somebody goes to like vocal coaching for this? Yeah. So typically, um, I just call it voice transition because it's the easiest reference for it. But Mm -hmm. typically, if somebody is interested in transitioning their voice, they go to their general practitioner um, or whichever uh, care coordinator they're using and identify it as something they'd like to do. And typically, they're referred to a speech language pathologist for what I lovingly referred to as the more traditional medical model, which Mm -hmm. we're all pretty familiar with. It's similar to like, um, it's like a weekly lesson or a weekly session like you would do for physical therapy or occupational therapy or even psychology. And Mm -hmm. so you would um, be referred to a speech language pathologist that either is or isn't in network with your health insurance. And then you would have a weekly voice lesson. You would go in typically for an evaluation first and they would, that individual would sit down with you and do an evaluation of your voice, take some history, take some data, some baseline measurements, and then talk about what your goals are for your voice and then create kind of a plan, a roadmap for your voice journey. Um, and then you would come back to that individual every week. And what I worked this way for about four or five years. So what you would do is you come in, you have your weekly lesson, your coach or your speech pathologist teaches you a new technique, shows you a new strategy to use, and then gives you usually a list of exercises you're going to practice. Um, That individual goes away, practices for the week, then comes back the next week and says, I did it. What's next? Um, (laughs) And then you kind of keep on in that trajectory. Now, there are some nuances there that can be kind of frustrating. So I'd say the main thing I found through my clients when working in this model was they would be frustrated at not having anybody to ask questions to or get Mm -hmm. feedback from between those sessions. So Mm -hmm. often most of the use of your coach is not in teaching you how to do the exercise. It's giving you feedback on whether you're doing it correctly and helping you overcome roadblocks or modify what you're doing so that you actually hit the target sound when you're practicing. And unfortunately, through that traditional medical model, it can be really difficult to get access to your coach your speech pathologist between those paid for weekly lessons. Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of stunts the growth and it it very much delays how fast you can progress based on just your access to the coach. The other thing is if you are using health insurance, often health insurance likes to dictate the rate and frequency of sessions. And so maybe they'll say you can have you know, some arbitrary, I mean, they don't ask the speech pathologist how, if they think that they're progressing or how fast or how long it should take. They just determine themselves often that maybe there's six months worth of lessons that they'll cover or they'll cover 52 lessons for the year. But the average voice transition in that traditional medical model takes an a year and a half to three years to fully transition a voice. Mm. And so, yeah, what typically will happen is the what typically will happen is that client will either run out of sessions um, or motivation before they've actually found their ideal sounds. There are people who then uh, decide to pay out of pocket, but when you're paying a health professional, like a, a health provider out of pocket for a service, the rate is not affordable. They it's expensive. I mean, it is. It's typically like one fifty to three hundred dollars a lesson, and that yeah. spanned over one and a half to th- three years can be upwards of thirty thousand dollars for a voice transition, which is insane. <laughs> 
absolutely yeah, it's ridiculous. insane. Yeah. So the frustrations I found were there's nobody for feedback between sessions. It can be insanely expensive and you usually either lose motivation or funds before you finish. And the last one, which is the most important, is that there's no community when you're doing it by yourself. So it's not uncommon for an individual to not have like an affirming roommate or family Mm -hmm. member, or even if they do, just to not feel comfortable practicing using their transitioned voice. And if you're not using your transitioning voice, that road becomes much longer for how how long it takes to meet your goals. And so I would often have clients who maybe lived alone or like with their pets and, you know, you can only talk so long (laughs) to your cat, it doesn't talk back. And without having community to feel heard, seen, supported, and have somebody that's affirming to practice with, it really stunt, as well stunts the growth of um, how fast you can progress to finding a sound that is a, like, euphoric instead of causing dysphoria. And as a person after my own heart, right, sees the medical model as problematic, like I got to figure out a different way to do this. So tell me what you did after trying yeah. this for like four <laughs> years or whatever. You're like, this does not work. It does not. <laughs> um, I decided to start my own company, Demedicalizing Voice Transition. Um, and my three main goals were to increase access, to make it more affordable, and to center community. And the way that I did that was kind of um, to give the agency back to the individual, uh, mainly through um, taking all that education, the thing that you're most stunted by having to wait a week to learn the next lesson and putting it into your hands. So I created an online platform that has all of the information in my brain <laughs> that exists about how to transition a voice. And I put it into these nine core courses that an individual can move through in their own timeline and do all of that kind of um, more like grunt work where the majority of your time is spent online learning. And then whenever they do see me face-to-face or, well, it's all online. (laughs) So when they do see me via Zoom for coaching, I'm not learning or they're not learning anything new. I'm not lecturing to them. They're just getting individualized feedback on the areas that are most difficult so they can progress faster. I also included in my program a coaching platform so that members can contact me 24-7. So they have direct access to like send me a voice clip while they're practicing for asynchronous feedback, ask like poignant questions, get access to me throughout the week while they're actually needing their (laughs) questions answered Mm -hmm. um, while they're practicing. And then there's also live coaching twice a month. So they have the opportunity, like a set time of office hours to pop in and get live coaching, not just asynchronous as well. And then for the community aspect of it, there's a little over, there's about 250 plus people in my program right now. And that means active users every day that are working through their voice, like their voice journey. I give those individuals the option to join a small practice cohort where they can meet with two, three, maybe four other individuals every week online via Zoom. And it's not meant to like drill exercises. It's really just a group of people who are experiencing the same thing where you can have like a safe, fun space to start using your transitioning voice Mm -hmm. and obviously make (laughs) make good connections with other folks online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the other thing for accessibility is I made the decision in the last few months, actually, that all of my courses, when somebody is a member and is, you know... Um, in the Undead Voice Lab family, they get lifetime access to all of the courses and resources that I create, mainly because if we step back a moment to that more traditional model, outside of it being 
you know, a big investment or a slower path, I would find that a lot of individuals would feel this like gray cloud of self-judgment and frustration around paying for a resource and then maybe not following through. So let's say one week was really busy and they had no opportunity to get their to their exercises. You have self-agency, you're an adult or you're yep. not, but you don't get in trouble for not doing your exercises. But what yeah. did happen is people would come to sessions and feel like really frustrated, really pressured that they were like losing out on their investment, that they weren't taking advantage of it. And like, we don't need that like gray cloud of self self-judgment overarching something that's already really difficult to do psychologically and physically. And so lifetime access removes that kind of pressure that one has on themselves of making sure that they like are, you know, taking advantage while still having a lot of structure in place in the program to keep people accountable and motivated. So I still like kick people in the butt all the time. (laughs) Like, hi, you haven't logged in in a month. What's going on? Can I help you? Let's Uh talk about it. Yeah. 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 Accessibility wise with cost, like you had said, like paying a medical professional is like insane <laughs> stupid expensive yeah um how much does it cost to do your model yeah so what i did was try i priced my program cheaper than the typical copay and insurance so that it, it wasn't even a question or like something to grapple with if your insurance did or didn't cover it so that was a big big part of demedicalizing it was making it cheaper than even if your insurance did cover it so um at least in the united states where we still have that <laughs> yeah Mm-hmm. So the way my program works, it's um, a year-long commitment at minimum because that's, you know, a good amount of time to work through your voice goals. And the price of it is anywhere from $39 to $49 a week, depending on the payment plan you choose. So instead okay. of $300 a week, we're at $39 to $49 a week. Much more affordable. Yeah, it takes a total $30,000 voice transition down to two. Yeah. That <laughs> seems like a great difference in money. Yeah. I just can't imagine being like, oh, that thing you were going to pay for that was $30,000, i have got it for $2,000. And be like, why yeah. do you have it for $2,000? That would be my thought. I'd be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Better and cheaper. It always feels like a trick. But the truth is it doesn't need to cost that much and it doesn't need to take that long. It's just because it's like going to a hospital for a procedure but not having insurance. They charge you, what, like $10,000 for a Tylenol? The same thing's happening. It's just at a a less transparent and smaller scale with voice therapy for gender affirming voice work. And so the truth is I'm just charging you the $10 it actually costs for the Tylenol. I'm not charging mm. you the $10,000 that is being overcharged to make up for people who can't afford it that Got happens it. in the medical system. That said, I, I 100% recognize that even that is too much for some people. Like even $2,000 feels very like unapproachable. So I usually award between fifty dollars and $60,000 a year in scholarships. And so those are all needs-based. And mm-hmm. I used to have like a scholarship program where every year like I would have submissions, but there were so many it was really <laughs> hard to manage mm-hmm. on my own. I hope to get back to that. But right now to find a scholarship with me, it's all – um honor-based. So you just schedule a one-on-one voice consult. Those are free. They're 15 minutes. We talk through what your goals are, what your experience is, and figure out whether Undead Voice Lab would be a good resource or a good fit for you based on those things. And if you're unable to afford the program, we just talk about scholarship options. There's partial and full scholarships available. And so I just award those on like a case-by-case basis. Awesome. I appreciate you asking the cost 
the cost question because I am all about transparency when it comes to how much it costs because so many things are like um, transition related expenses are insane already Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. little of it is covered. But um, a big push for me this year is to partner with different like um, government, so federal and state agencies, uh, large companies, small companies, um, philanthropic entities, different community-based organizations, and the with under the mantra of make them pay, meaning make anybody but the individual pay for the voice transition. And so that's been pretty successful so far. So often when a member inquires about, a new person inquires about my program, I'll ask them, do you have an affirming employer? And if they do, then I just let them put me in contact with their HR or their benefits uh, person at their company. And then I start that conversation about getting them reimbursed for the program. And then I also, because I am a healthcare provider, I qualify for having people uh, pay for the program with their health savings accounts, so HSA or FSA accounts. So you can just use that card straight on my um, checkout. At checkout, you can just use your FSA or HSA card. That's great. Um, Like if I'm a person who's like, okay, I'm going to try and do this vocal transition, voice transition, um, I found... Undead Voice Lab because my mom heard this podcast and sent me the way. So what's it going to, how's it going to go? What what happens for them? There's two options for a first step. If it's somebody who is maybe a little bit more reticent or shy to meet with me for a voice consult and wants to just learn more about what it is that I offer and how I work, I have a free online like questionnaire that you can go through and you can access that at undeadvoice.com slash video dash ask. And that is like, it's a video-based asynchronous like questionnaire where we talk a little bit about your goals, experience, budget. And then um, I give an overview of the different programs that I have and the different options. Uh, You can also go watch like a walkthrough of the program. If Undead Voice Lab feels like it would be interesting or you're considering it for yourself or your child, um, you can go watch a walkthrough undeadvoice.com slash FAQ has a full six minute behind the scenes walkthrough of the program with a bunch of FAQs. Another option, if you are comfortable just having a conversation either with your child present or just you, you know, talking through like wanting to meet me to make sure that I'm not just a wild person on the internet. (laughs) Yeah. um, I do free voice consults and I do probably about 20 of them a week. So you can just go to undeadvoice.com slash contact, scroll down past the contact form and there's a little um, there's a button to schedule a sync with me and those would that would just be a 15 minute chat and I'm happy to answer all questions screen share and walk you through some of the resources that the individual would be seeing and also you know get a get a sense for the vibe whether <laughs> right, I'd be a good right. fitter coach yeah I can say especially for working with like youth um, the while I, you know the first five years of my career I was Uh, primarily working at a hospital in the Bay Area and private practice. And I also worked for the state with birth to three-year-olds. So I have so much, so, so much experience working with youth. (laughs) That is is an area I feel very confident in. I think one of the things that I think is important to note, right? Like, I know that you don't use any gendered language in the way that you talk about voices. Yes. Can you just speak to that for a second? Sure. I think – the lines of gender are cont- continuing to blur, especially in the younger generations. Mm-hmm. And it's important mm-hmm. to reflect that. And also my own beliefs in, in gender being a spectrum, obviously. Uh, 
reflecting that in the language is really important. So I think often uh, we culturally speak about voices in a very binary way saying like um a man or a woman's voice mm-hmm. or even a masculine or feminine tone but the mm-hmm. truth is that no two people sound alike regardless of gender and so i think by putting things into binary terms we also assume binary goals for individuals and that can yeah. get that's that's pretty harmful at times mm-hmm. so Voice is not inherently gendered. There are differences that happen physiologically based on puberty. But in terms of goal voices, I think using binary terms assumes people's uh, gender identity in a way that's not uh, very affirming. So I tend to use more um, objective terms, Mm -hmm. acoustical, like acoustic terms, such as do you want to move towards a higher, brighter, lighter end of the spectrum or Mm -hmm. darker, deeper, lower end of the spectrum? Or do you want to land somewhere in the middle? With each different facet of voice that we are addressing, you ask that question over and over again to yourself as well as, you know, (laughs) I'm asking you as well. And what I found through, you know, the hundreds of people who have had goals and then graduated is that no two people's goals are the same. And if I were to teach in a, in a binary way, it would be assuming that I'm, I'm pigeonholing individuals into a stereotypical, like cultural expectation of what a quote femme or mask voice should sound like, instead of actually empowering people to tap into their individual identity and express and communicate that through their voice. Often when you work in binaries, you lose a lot of individuality. I just think it's such a good positive way to go about it and really leaves the door open for whatever they bring in, but also like really empowers them, right? To figure out who they are and like what they want to sound like, which is a gift. I encounter people towards the beginning of their like gender exploration or even like their transition experience. And so that's sometimes a moving target. So having giving somebody the tools and the flexibility to just expand their vocal range instead of choosing one sound and permanently altering their voice is very much how I work. So I don't I don't advocate for like a permanent switch where you have no access to the rest to your baseline sound. You can choose not to ever access it again. But the way that I teach voice is unique in that I expand your range to give you access to the full spectrum of what your voice can do and then let you choose where on that spectrum you identify. Mm -hmm. Which is really important because a lot of times people are transitioning their voices and they're maybe not like socially or even professionally transitioned yet. And they need to maintain access to their full Um, range or there are a lot of resources that will like quote unquote like permanently change the voice but if you aren't able to access lower or higher whatever your baseline sound was even if you never use it if you can't access it it's a pretty intense sign that you've trained your voice in a way where there's a lot of tension because you should be able to have that flexibility in in your voice to at least access it Talk to me a little bit about we're going to step away from the technical now and like go more into the emotional. Talk yeah. to me a little bit about like what you have seen and what you experience like from when people first come in and they're first starting out to like just the emotional progression of what it, it's like to like be able to hear yourself. A lot of crying. <laughs> a lot of crying always. I probably cry every single <laughs> every single day I'm working live with people. Um I would say the emotional place that people typically come to me from is one of frustration. And mainly that's because 
by the time they found me, I mean, it's not as much like this anymore, but starting out at least by the time they found my program, they've tried to do it on their own. They've done a lot of DIY like YouTube type resources, which can be really confusing. There's a lot of terminology. There's a lot of like exercises that there's not a lot of guidance. Um, So usually somebody is coming in a little bit frustrated with what they've tried, um, but hopeful that hopeful and skeptical. It's like such a wide range of emotions, not least of all, because I'm, you know, there's a lot of non-affirming experiences that the community has with professional, like healthcare professionals. And so there's a lot of um, wanting to just see if I'm a nice person or not. Yeah. (laughs) Which is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fair. Um, But at first it probably, it feels like there's a huge mountain to climb and a little bit of like um, deer in the headlights. I have no idea how to do this. Can I trust you? What is going to happen? What's it going to be like? How much of a time commitment is this going to be? Can I actually do this? I don't even know what I want my voice to sound like. Am I ready to do this? Can I afford this? So a lot of um, fear (laughs) Uh, with an underlying like hopefulness, cautiously optimistic. Often as well, because we're told that like our voices are just kind of set and that's how you sound and it's really hard to change it, um, which is not true. Uh, (laughs) And then speaking specifically about members who go through my program, it feels at first like really exciting because I I front load my program with a lot of uh, resources that address the emotional and mental experience of voice transition. So I have a whole unit on mindset. So talking about exploring the influences that have shaped your voice, identifying which of those influences you actually identify with, mm-hmm. which ones you want to leave behind, and what parts of your person you want to communicate and bring into the future of your voice. And then I also have individuals identify like vocal influencers is what I call it. So mm-hmm. voices that they admire, that there's even something that they're kind of interested in. I mm. absolutely don't advocate for imitation, but I think having... Um, an awareness of what you do and don't, what you are and aren't attracted to in a voice is really important so that you can start to see if there's similarities in the voices that you enjoy. Try that on for yourself and see if it like clicks with you or not. Um, Mindset wise, we talk through like all of the roadblocks that somebody may hit. Uh, That can be like, I'll lose motivation. I don't feel comfortable practicing at home. I'm worried that my friends will make fun of me. Um, I don't know if I've like really want to transition at this point of time. I just am curious what my voice could sound like if I decided to. And then from those roadblocks, I walk I walk individuals through coming up with solutions mm-hmm. in advance so that when they do hit those roadblocks, <laughs> they already have a plan in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have them revisit those roadblocks and the solutions every single course because they change. Yeah. In my experience, that is really, really, really intentionally important to making a lot of the fear and nervousness around doing voice work fall away because it feels like you have a plan in place if things start to go haywire. (laughs) Um, Often in the first few months, there's a lot of vocal change because I, again, front load the program with some really impactful parts of voice transition. So you really get to hear a lot of shift in the voice, which is super affirming. Uh, 
towards the middle, we get a little, people will get a little bit like, ah, what is happening? Because we start to address resonance, which is the hardest, but also most, one of the most impactful parts of the voice transition. And at that point, they, you know, lean on each other, lean on me a lot, a lot of like motivation. Um, I'm thinking specifically last week, I had office hours and one of my members, we spent 20 minutes like all crying together because they came to the session saying, I'm six months into this and I am very worried that I will never actually find my voice. I can hear a lot of change in my voice, but I have not found me in it yet. And I'm worried that I've put all of this work into it and that I'm still going to be disappointed at the end. And I acknowledged, like, I can say as much as I want. I won't let that happen to you. Like, I I got you. <laughs> I will work with you day in and day out until we find a sound that you love. Um, but that wasn't really what they needed to hear. Instead, I kind of stepped back and opened it up for the rest of the members to talk about their own experiences in that and give support in that way, which is a wonderful, wonderful positive <laughs> to having small group coaching because I'm maybe not the person to answer that question. Everybody else could share their experiences. And at the end, that person felt much better. Um, I would say the individuals, so the emotional journey towards the end <laughs> is actually, uh, usually ends on a very positive note. Uh, typically, I've not had anybody graduate my program without having found their ideal sound. Um, and also built it into their voice in a way that feels effortless mentally and physically, sounds natural, um, and is sustainable. And then at the very end, the last course of the entire program is called Sustain. So it's not just about sustaining your voice all day. It's sustaining your voice in every emotion, environment, and volume level. So I have individuals identify their like emotional Achilles heel. So they run through all these scenarios using their like fully transitioned sound um, like communicating darker emotions, brighter emotions, like uh, yelling at people, calling out, um, sounding mm -hmm. scared, happy, ecstatic, every emotion you can think of on the emotion wheel, and then identifying which ones are easiest for them to maintain their voice, which ones are most difficult for them to maintain their voice, and then really honing in on how they can um, alter how they're using their voice in those instances, um, or where they're nervous, <laughs> like environments to school, mm -hmm. work. Yeah home. That yeah. makes a ton of sense. I would say the emotional journey of somebody going through a voice transition is very similar to the voice journey through their voice transition, which is that it's not a linear upward progression. It is a bunch of hills and valleys. <laughs> yep. That makes yeah. a ton of sense. I think one of the things that we get, um, or I hear the most from clients as well as families, right? Like when people start to talk about a voice transition or vocal therapy, they're typically referring to it for AMAB individuals who want to present more femininely um, and they feel like a deeper voice is a giveaway. Uh, and I just want to just note the importance of this is not just for AMAB individuals who want to present femininely. Definitely. Right. It's also not a mandatory part of a, an individual's journey to do nope. voice transition. Every voice mm -hmm. is beautiful and can be affirming. If you choose to do uh, explore your voice, wonderful. If not, <laughs> like super valid, okay whatever mm -hmm. choice. Yeah. Um, but I often get the same assumption. Um, I think what happens typically is that medical providers as well will assume that if somebody is AFAB and you know, on hormones, taking testosterone, that their voice transition is a given, that 
um, testosterone will have the effects that are desired to quote unquote, quote unquote, (laughs) masculinize or darken Mm -hmm. deeper and lower the voice. When in reality, testosterone, um, it does have an effect on the voice, but it's variable from person to person. It really depends on the dosage, on how the rate and frequency at which somebody is taking testosterone. Mm -hmm. And often as somebody's voice changes through testosterone, it's very unpredictable and variable. So there's a lot of breaks in the voice. It can take a few years to finally settle. And all of that to say that testosterone's testosterone doesn't affect every aspect of the voice that makes it sound natural and shifts it to a place where that individual may be comfortable with. So a lot of people who um, do take testosterone and and have effect changes on their voice still would benefit from a voice program or voice therapy to explore the sociocultural changes in a voice and some of those other areas of voice exploration that are not affected by hormones. And Mm -hmm. also not every person who is AFAB and identifies as wanting to have like a darker, deeper voice chooses to take testosterone. Yep. And so it's like a really, um, Mm -hmm. like it seems obvious (laughs) that those individuals need um, resources. And the quote trans masculine uh, community is bereft of any resources for voice transition. And then, of course, back to the binary, we're completely ignoring all of the individuals who maybe, you know, want to explore sound that does not exist on a cisgender heteronormative binary of sound. So yeah, my program does not do that. I I often do get asked, like, is this just for, like, like trans feminine voices? And the answer is no. The whole program, um, it teaches – exploration of your full spectrum of sound. That doesn't mean that if somebody is AMAB and is looking for a more, quote, femme sound, that they have to go through dysphoria-inducing exercises that would expose them to a lower part of their voice at all. It just means that there's different tracks. So the way that my program works, it's divided into separate courses. And at the end of every course, you get to choose which direction you would like to head. Based on your based on your answers in an assessment, um, you might go towards a brighter or a darker tract. So there's Got like it. duplicates of every course depending on what you want to do with your voice. So not no two people has the same like journey through the program. It's individualized. Yeah, totally individualized. That's fantastic. A lot of gender exploration happens through voice work. Mm-hmm. Like hearing yourself sound away can give you a lot of insight into what you do or don't feel internally. Yeah, yeah. Like personally, I came into this work years and years and years ago as identifying as like queer, but not trans at all or not gender diverse at all. And then through my work in creating like a a whole curriculum that didn't exist before of voice resources and doing my own exploration and my voice to be the best coach that I could kind Mm -hmm. of discovered that I am gender fluid. So Mm -hmm. like gender identity and gender exploration happens through voice in a really magical way. And I think leaving the door open for for letting an individual have that experience instead of pushing them into binaries is extremely important. So my program reflects the ability to work with you no matter where you are on the gender spectrum. So you can also have that experience if, if you need to. (laughs) 
this is such a great model and such a great program. And I refer people your way all the time, whether or not they follow through on that, that's different. Um, But whenever somebody's talking about doing a voice transition, I'm always like, here's the place you should go first. Check this out first. And they're like, but my insurance, I'm like, but check this out first. Thank you. That's awesome. I, (laughs) I think um, I've had to go through my own personal journey of like, okay, so my program is full. It's comprehensive. It's a full voice journey. But what happens if you're just starting out and you that feels intimidating? Or you've done a lot of work yourself and it feels too comprehensive. You don't feel like you need a full year's worth of like work on your voice. Um, so I'm, you'll be the first person I tell this to. Um, my work for Undead Voice Lab through the end of this year, my business goals. Your um, business goals. <laughs> I'm creating a, a new um, structure to my company. Whereas right now, the options are you can either take a seven-day short course that helps you explore like what your voice could sound like. That mm-hmm. is awesome. It's like a seven-day short course. It's $79. You pay for it once. You get access to it forever. It's not like an intro, eat your vegetables type of course. I really pulled some core curriculum, some really impactful curriculum out of Undead Voice Lab and just consolidated it consolidated it into a seven-day course that addresses the two most impactful pieces of voice resonance and then pitch as well. And um, any individual who takes that course and decides to move on to Undead Voice Lab in the future, I deduct the $79 from the tuition of the program so that you're not paying twice. Um, That's awesome, but it still feels not comprehensive enough. It feels like, okay, you can have this little seven-day short course or you can do a full year's commitment. Right. So um, my restructuring is that uh, I have an unlimited version, an unlimited plan, which is what Undead Voice Lab is now. You get lifetime access to all of the things. Or you can um, buy the courses individually at a much more affordable rate if you're just trying to explore. And I'm also creating some introduction courses. So an intro course for higher, brighter, lighter, and an intro course for darker, deeper, lower, so that somebody can get an idea of what it feels like to learn from me and to go through my curriculum um, and have an idea of what would be coming up in the full program, but not have to make the full commitment yet. Awesome. Which I imagine would be useful for youth as well, since um, so many voice changes are happening. (laughs) For sure. At that age. Well, we're almost out of time, so I just want to give you one more, like, you're speaking directly to the parents of trans kids. Yeah. What do they need to know? What message do you want to leave them with? I think one of the most affirming things you can do for a child is give them support and freedom to explore how one of the most intrinsic parts of who we are can sound when we communicate to the world. I think voice is a very visceral way that you can silence somebody. And I have worked with trans youth that are selectively mute because Mm -hmm. their voice was so non-affirming for them that they literally didn't talk for five years. And those are very heartbreaking experiences. They're they're extreme, but they also deprive a child from the ability to fully participate in and feel seen by the world. And I think empowering your child with confidence through – something as non-invasive as voice exploration is feels like a given. <laughs> it's not scary. There's no um, there's no permanent shifts we're making here. It's really a non-invasive way to start exploring um, gender identity and also for a child to feel euphoric. Well, is there anything else we want to leave with families before we're done for today? 
Um, I would just say if you are curious at all about voice and helping your child explore their voice and you just want to have a conversation, I love people. I'm happy to talk to you (laughs) about all of your worries, fears, hopes, aspirations, um, questions that you have. Definitely uh, voice consults are not pressured sales calls at all. They are just no pressure, no commitment, just a conversation. So if you just have questions and want resources, I primarily use voice consults to help individuals find the next best step for either themselves or their child. And whether that's with me or not, the world of voice is really difficult to navigate because there's not like a centralized curriculum or (laughs) path that is out there globally. I'm hoping personally that my company becomes that, (laughs) but I'm happy to help navigate that, those resources for you or your child, even if it's not with me. Thanks so much, Nicole. Really appreciate your time. The work that you're doing is life-changing, life-saving. And I've been just so excited ever since I've met you. So Yay. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to Nicole for all of the work that they've done to support the trans community. The work they do is life-changing and life-saving. And I'm thrilled to have them in the Camp Wildheart community. You can find Nicole on social media, on TikTok and Instagram as undead.voice. Nicole offers free consultation calls to make sure Undead Voice is the right fit before clients sign on. Take a minute and check out what they've created. It really is a game changer. Also, remember, the Camp Wildheart community is here to support you. Find us online at wildheartsociety.org, on Instagram as wild.heart.society, and join our private Facebook group called the Camp Wildheart Community. Thanks to Nicole for being on the show and sharing all about the Undead Voice Lab. And thanks to you for listening. I continue to be humbled by our little community and so proud of the work we're doing together. Thanks for showing up and for keeping us going. We'd literally be nothing without you. Be sure to subscribe for free to the podcast so you don't miss future campfires and give us a rating. Rating the podcast helps others find us and we want to make sure that anyone who needs one knows there's a bunk for them at Camp Wildheart.